1: With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell.
2: Well, good evening, and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. Your host, Bay Area Pastor Lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, you may or may not be aware that there is a war raging all around us. It's not a war of guns and missiles. However, in the end, it may prove to be just as deadly. It is not a war over land and territories, but it is a war to capture and influence the hearts and minds of our society. In essence, it's a cultural war. Tonight, we bring you part 8C in our series, talking about 10 cultural and current issues that affect us as individuals, that affect our families, our churches, our communities, and our world at large. These cultural and current issues not only affect us, but can lead us in the wrong direction, a direction away from God and a direction away from our fellow man. The real issue is how do we respond to these 10 cultural and current issues from a biblical and apologetic perspective? Well, for the answer to this question and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending to we are contending for the faith, Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight?
3: Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. Thank you so much for that uh, challenging and wonderful introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Atlanta for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed and uplifted and challenged and blessed by the program tonight. So we want to encourage you to get your pens and paper and especially your Bible and uh, pull up to a table and take some good notes and be blessed. Well, uh, we are continuing this series on not woke up, but awaken up uh, from Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. And by way of introduction, I wanna say it's important for us as a church to give reasons and answers for our Christian faith, especially in relationship to the current cultural war that uh, battle that we're facing every day. And uh, then the best way to deal with this battle is to not only have on the full armor of God, but to also realize that things are going to get worse. I hate to be a pessimistic, you know, but I'm just being a realist because a lot of us are hoping that, you know, certain politicians get into offices and, and people get into businesses and getting to Churches and things are going to get better. No, my friend, according to the Bible, you know, you got to keep your eyes on prophecy. You know, in relationship to the current cultural things that we face today, you got to keep your eyes on prophecy because uh, the prophetic word of God says that things are going to get worse before Jesus comes back. And Jesus even said that, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. And, you know, they were eating and drinking and, you know, uh, marrying, giving in marriage and doing all the things that we are seeing today. My friend, it's going to get worse. Buckle up, get ready. And uh, you got to believe in the President Jesus. Amen. Over any man, because he has the final say and he will straighten out everything. No man can do it. I don't care how much knowledge and Uh, experience he has. The only one that's going to straighten this stuff out on this earth is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. So tonight I will continue to talk about the confusion cult of transgenderism. Uh, What a title there. And now by way of my body of this message, uh, tonight within this section, I want to continue to talk about the five things every Christian must know about the transgender debate today, and we want to continue uh, on this, uh, or continue with number three, rather, continue with number three. Now, the Bible lays out a biblical framework for understanding the transgender cultic revolution. Now, the Christian worldview, there's a lot of uh, worldviews, but we believe in the Christian worldview from a biblical perspective, can fully explain why people experience feeling the gender dysphoria. The Christian worldview is one that acknowledges that creation has been disrupted by three-letter word, and that is S-I-N, sin. Our world has been disrupted and changed as a result of the effects of sin, and the image a man has been disrupted and affected by the effects of sin as well, and and that is not the way it once was at the beginning. But uh, when Adam and Eve have sinned, uh, it things changed. But we can look forward to a new creation if we believe in the Christian worldview. A new creation is coming, and uh, is prophesied in the coming of Jesus. The first prophecy. Uh, in the Bible, uh, speaking of prophecy, is in Genesis chapter 3, and then also Romans chapter 8 talks about God is going to take the disruption and the effects of sin, and uh, the earth is crying and moaning and groaning for a change, and our bodies are as well, and Revelation chapter 21 talks about this new heaven and new earth is going to be coming down from heaven a glorious time. Uh, now, this means that the brokenness and disruption of creation reaches into every corner of our lives, even our minds and our hearts. Also, this, at the same degree, every human being is made in God's imago day, image and likeness, according to Genesis 1 and 26. Also, to differing degrees and in different ways, every human being struggles, notice this now, they struggle with the brokenness and disruption of our own bodies, desires, and thoughts. And if we don't believe in God, Jesus Christ, and follow the true principles laid out in his word regarding masculinity and femininity, with the whole armor on for spiritual warfare in our current cultural world, then we allow Satan to dictate our brokenness and disruption of our bodies and desires and thoughts to a misinterpretation of an illusionary way and a reprobate way. And Satan is a masterful in these areas of our lives. Now, let me say this by conclusion. And to the same degree, notice I'm hitting on this word degree, to the same degree, every human being can find their true identity and true belonging by recognizing that God, who made them in his image and likeness, has also saved them and will one day also reform them—notice all of these are ours—reform them, restore them, and redeem them forever— to live with Him in a non-disruptive and non-broken world. That's something that should make us shout. Now, so creation uh, broken, listen to this now. Creation broken one day in eternity will be creation fixed. Creation broken one day in eternity will be a new creation and a a no brokenness and no sinful disruption ever again, in eternity. No, there will be no confusion of identity. Notice what I said, no confusion of identity. We will be totally transformed of that true identity in Christ, because we are all guided by a mixture of good and broken desires now. And that's why Paul says in Romans chapter 7, every time I try to do good, evil is present with me. The thing that I hate, that is what I do. Oh, wretched man that I am. See, Paul was struggling with a brokenness. Paul was struggling with a mixture of good and brokenness and yet a desire to serve God, the apostle Paul. So I try to do good, Paul said, I try to do good, but evil is always there. Now, the great Bible stories from Genesis to to Revelation of creation and the fall of man and the redemption in Christ tells us that we should not be shocked. Notice that. We should not be shocked that people experience desires that will not, in fact, bring about the wholeness they are seeking, and we will never find that true wholeness unless we find it in Christ. We'll never find that true identity unless we find it in Christ. We'll never find that true belonging unless we find it in Christ. People are trying to find out who they are, what they are, and that's our job as Christians, to help them to find their true identity, their true belonging, their true wholeness in Jesus Christ. But if man seeks it in a self-righteous attitude about our struggle with sin he'll never find notice this if he seeks it with self-righteousness a self-righteous attitude in his struggle he'll never find his true identity true belonging that's why there's so much confusion in the world on people knowing who they really are as satan comes and he just disrupts it. He because people don't know him, and they need to know him. We only understand our true struggle in sin for all of it at the cross. When we come to the cross, we are we die to self. We die to desires that is contrary to God's will, and in the resurrection, we come to a new life and a new attitude. Our attitude will determine our altitude, how high we go. But our attitude can also determine our latitude, how low we go. How low can you go? And sometimes God allows us to hit rock bottom. So we will discover that Jesus is the rock at the bottom. And when we discover that Jesus is the rock at the bottom, he brings us from the bottom to the top. Glory. Hallelujah. Now, I will have this prayer for you as I close on this message. And I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for thinking contrary to your will. Forgive me, Lord, for not seeking your true identity. Forgive me for not seeking my true belonging in you. And I repent of my sins. I turn away from them, and I turn to the cross, you on the cross, Jesus, where you said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches, Brother Gary.
2: Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. Be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
1: You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to
2: Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. So we always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. So we want to encourage you tonight, uh, if you have questions about doctrine, if you have questions about things that are going on in the church world or in the secular world. Give us a call. We want to uh, be able to give you reasons and answers for your faith that you can step up and defend your faith and know how to do it. So we also want to thank you, especially those of you who have been praying for contending for the faith these many, many years. It's a prayer-driven ministry. We always say that because it's true because we know the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man of much, and we know there are many righteous folks out there that are praying for this ministry. It's so vital that you keep sending the prayers up so that we can keep doing what we need to do. Also, we want to encourage you that if you've never given to contending for the faith, now is a good time to do it. We're running a little bit behind. We have a deficit of $180 tonight Um so we need to make up that $180 deficit and move forward as well so that we are in the black once again. And we don't want to be just up to the line every time, but we would like to have some some uh, reserve. So we want to encourage you tonight. If this program has blessed you, if you benefited from the knowledge and instruction that we have provided here at Contending for the Faith, then wouldn't you consider uh, being a partner with us financially? to to touch lives for time and eternity there's two ways that you can give Uh, first you can address a check or money order to contending for the faith p.o box 553 tiburon california spelled t-i-b-u-r-o-n california 94920 that's contending for the faith p.o box 553 tiburon california 94920 now, the second way is so much easier. It's so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. So we just want to encourage you. You know, we don't want to get into that critical space where we're getting way behind again. Uh, now's the time. We need you to step up to the plate and hit a home run financially for contending for the faith. We don't want you to ever tune in on a Saturday night and discover, hey, that program is no longer on the air. What happened? Well, they weren't getting the support that they needed. That would be tragic. We don't want that to happen and we know you don't either. So we want to encourage you tonight to be consistent in prayer and be consistent in giving. Dr. Buckner.
3: Thank you, Brother Gary. We appreciate those encouraging words and we know that people will uh, take heed to that because they love this program and some of you that have not Uh, been praying for us nor giving this is your opportunity to step up to the plate tonight and don't uh, hesitate just step out on faith and be a blessing well we're going to get to our callers brother gary who do we have first
2: uh we have brother rick on line
3: one brother rick how you doing i'm blessed how about yourselves we are truly blessed we trust that you got blessed by the word tonight very much so and what's
1: basically I, I i always think of imago dei we mm-hmm. are we are created lives and that is something we need to appreciate oh yes absolutely as a jew, as a jew i even learned the hebrew word for Elohim," mm-hmm. being the image of god
3: yes well we appreciate that brother rick and what's on your heart tonight you have a question okay
1: we we know that uh, we we know that Hurricane Ian has uh, struck this country, mm-hmm. and we've seen the damage and everything else like that. How can we how can we respond in a biblical apologetic manner?
3: Oh, can that's a very good question. Right now, yes, that's a very good question, Brother Rick. Appreciate that because our hearts and prayers go out to all of the people in Florida, and there are so many people on the left that's politicizing this thing and and it's a terrible thing when people do stuff like that rather than coming together despite the political differences and trying to say that god is punishing people because you don't like their political differences and it's a disgrace when people are uh, dying and suffering if the tables were turned and it was happening to them Uh, they would be in an uproar if somebody said something like that against them. So we need to pray for those people as well. But let me just kind of lay out a few things regarding uh, your questions about the hurricanes and and, uh, where does God fit in all of this stuff, you know? Well, let me just say several things on this. One is that uh, hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and, uh, stuff like that is the result number one of sin It's the consequences of natural uh catastrophes from sin uh, and God told uh, Adam and Eve that uh, the earth will bring forth uh you know thistles and stuff like that uh thorns and thistles uh to the earth, and that meant that God had prophesied that the, that there will be serious consequences as a result of Sin, Um, you know, so when people try to say God is behind all of this, people need to remember that God is the God of the giver of life. Uh, Satan is the destroyer of life. And so God has come, Jesus said in John 10 and 10, i "I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So, but we do know uh, from, Uh, Job chapter 1 and verses uh, 1 through 12. The second point is this, that um, you know, Satan uh, can have the power to disrupt uh, Mother Nature too, because a hurricane took place in Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. And so because he's not about life, but came, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And then i would say thirdly uh this is just some knowledge that's coming off the top of my heart and head in the in the lord from my apologetic studies that um god uh, sometimes uh allows these things to happen to get us to see how vulnerable and uh weak and uh we are and how uh, things can happen uh, to us at the drop of a hat, and that our lives can be changed for all eternity uh, with Mother Nature and then with all the crime that's happening today. You know, you look at these things, and, you know, maybe God is saying to all of us that stop depending upon materialism and secularism and humanism and. Even the world itself, we got so much space stuff going on and we spend more money on that than helping people on the earth. And it's like the Tower of Babel, they're doing the same thing. And so God sometimes will allow these things to happen so we can see uh, and we can learn some lessons that uh, even though the earth has been cursed and it's, these things can happen, uh, God is going to happen. But God is saying, depend on me because I never change. The earth will change on you. Hurricanes, tornadoes, you know, earthquakes, it'll change on you. But I will never change on you, and my word will never change on you. So, you know, God lets us know, you know, and even Solomon said it in Ecclesiastes, all is vanity, vanity and vexation of spirit. You know, you're trusting in this world. You're going to really be disappointed, not only now, but in eternity. And Jesus said, Lay up not for yourself treasures on earth where moths and busts and thieves break in, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where none of these things break. In. That's why people need to invest in to God's work, ministry. You know, if you getting blessed by a church, support that church, you're getting all that good wisdom and knowledge. You're getting blessed by Continuing for the Faith and other radio programs. And you just, you know, take all of that good wisdom and knowledge and don't support the ministry by which you're being blessed with. It's a sin. You need to repent of that. And now a fourth thing is this, fourth and last thing is this, that um, when these things happen, God is speaking to us in terms of ministry that we need to be people of charity. So we need to minister and help people that are suffering. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 25, I was hungry. You fed me not thirsty, gave me no drink, sickened in prison. You visited me not. And as much as you did not to the least of these, my brethren, you did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous and to life everlasting. So, you know, Jesus gave all of these illustrations of a good Samaritan, the rich young ruler, the rich man and the poor man. And, you know, and people neglected other people. And Jesus said they're going to have their place separated from God because God takes it serious about us being people of charity and showing financial support for people that are suffering you know, you you should take out, you know, we spend so much money on so many things going out for dinner and material things and worldly things. But what about the poor around us today? What about the suffering? And I just want to say this in closing on this. And Gary, if you have anything to add to it, you can, after I say this, I want to quote the great Oxford scholar, C.S. Lewis. Lewis. He said something profound one time. He said, these two P's, God whispers to us in our pleasure. The second P, he shouts at us in our pain. (laughs) Oh, my friend, uh, God has a way of getting our attention. And a lot of times when you end up losing uh, a home, losing a car, even a, a relative, even get sick you start to think about eternity because all of the physical things all of the materialistic things become minute and the spiritual in christ becomes the uttermost important that's why jesus says seek first the kingdom of god and this righteousness and all these things will be added unto you there's a lot of lessons for us to learn about things that's going on in the world the big issue is are we listening? You want to add something to that, Gary? Well, I think
2: we always have to be very careful when we want to ascribe God's judgment to natural disasters and things that go on as a result of a fallen world. It you know seems like there was an occasion when a tower <laughs> fell on some people, and you know Jesus said, "Hey, this was this. None of them sinned. This thing just happened." you know, and so we live in a fallen creation, in a fallen world and I think that we should always have that mindset of charity, that mindset of, you know, as a nation we have always been historically the ones that step up to the plate when disasters strike places in the world, we're the first ones on the ground uh, with support and water and aid you know, and, and that's that's something that has been a hallmark of our country. And I, hope, I really hope it still is that people will, uh, you know, it's just, it's just pettiness that you see in, in, in the media and their false narrative, and they're always trying to um, create a narrative that doesn't exist. Uh, we need to get away from that. We need to stop buying into that and go back to the reality of, you know, these are people with lives who are now in jeopardy. Who have lost everything have lost loved ones that are suffering need water need help on and on and on and that should be the focus always you know and, and, and
3: charity like you mentioned before amen brother gary you you're so right so right and do we have enough time uh because rick is the only one we have so far yeah
2: I mean, we have three
3: minutes before we have three to take minutes a break. okay Brother Rick, uh, we trust that you got blessed by uh, what I said, as well as Gary, and we'd like to get your comments on that.
1: Yeah, what, what I keep thinking about is how how, how easy how it is for us to deny God mm-hmm. when something happens. We, we say that it wasn't it attributed to God. But on the other hand, even though we deny God, we also blame God. I mean, the best the best example is you meet somebody that denies Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and then and then the next moment when something goes wrong in their life, they they use Jesus Christ as a profane word. Mm-hmm.
3: So that's a challenge to us. That is so true, brother Rick. And that blame game started way back in the Garden of Eden. You know, uh, God mm-hmm. confronted Adam and Eve, and. They uh, got into the blame game, and Adam, when God confronted Adam, he blamed God and the woman. The woman that thou gave us to be with me, she gave me. Now he didn't, you know, he was in denial and he was in the in the blame game. And then uh, his wife, uh, I guess she had a premonition of Flip Wilson way back then when she said, "The devil made me do it." <laughs> You know, so it's, uh, it's it's sin that causes people to be blinded to uh, the reality of, you know, admitting what they've done that's wrong and coming clean because that's, you know, the big thing that gets in the way of us, the blame game and all this other stuff is pride. Mm-hmm. And pride is one of the main things that in Proverbs 6 that God puts at the list of the things that he hates, and that's the thing that got the enemy knocked out of heaven is pride. And pride is is summed up in, one, in a couple of words, I'm going to do it my way, then God's way. I mean, anytime you do it your way, even when it comes to you getting up and saying, I'm not going to read my Bible, I'm not going to pray, and I'm not going to witness, I'm not going to give, uh, I'm not going to be Faithful and serving God with my time, talent, and treasure. All this stuff has to do with pride, and you need to repent of that, my friend. Get right with God around that. Rick, do you have any prayer requests before we get to go to our commercial? I uh, need yeah, Just
1: continue to pray for my health and uh, just give me the strength to carry on. Amen. We will have Brother yeah. Gary to do that for, uh, right now. We don't Amen.
2: So, Lord, we just lift up Brother Rick tonight. Again, we pray for his health. And the strength to carry on, Lord God, that you are His strength, that the joy of the Lord would be His strength, that you, Lord, are an ever-present help in time of trouble, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that you bless Rick uh, and encourage him always, Lord God. Fill him with your joy, fill him with your peace, fill him with your purpose too, because you created you created him on purpose with a purpose, Lord God, and and while he's still on planet Earth, Lord God, you have work for him to do, and bless him to be able to do that work, to be able to be that witness, to be able to share his faith, to be that walking and living testimony of your mercy, grace, and goodness. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.
3: Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary, and Brother Rick, thank you so much for your call. God bless you, brother. God bless all right. All right. It's time for us to take a commercial
2: break once again. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
1: You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay.
2: Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we want to just again thank all of you who have been longtime listeners of Contending for the Faith. We thank you for your faithfulness, and we pray that you would continue to pray for this ministry. It is a prayer-driven ministry, and we need those prayers. In addition to that, it is a listener-supported ministry, and so we need your financial partnership always to remain on the air. Right now, we're looking at a deficit of $180, and we need to satisfy that, but we just don't want to come up to an even level. We want to go past that to have a reserve, and we don't want to be uh, in a situation where we are way, way behind and in danger of uh going off the air. That's not a good thing. It's not a good look. It's not a good sign. We don't want that to happen. So we want to encourage you. Now's the time to pray. Now's the time to step up and give. If you've never given and if the program has blessed you, please consider. Now is the time. We need your help. Again, uh, there's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B- U R O N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P O Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. So we want to encourage you tonight. Yeah, uh, now's the time to pray. Now's the time to give. Doctor Buckner, are you there?
3: Yes, I'm here.
2: Amen. Okay. Well, we do have another caller. Uh, Sally's waiting
3: on line two. Oh, beautiful. How you doing, Sally?
4: Well, uh, pretty well considering all. Uh, I'm very much in touch with Deborah, and I want Rick to know that Deborah and I remember him in prayer and talk of him, and uh, uh, we we as uh, she is. Extreme. Extremely physically limited and gets pretty lonely. But because of the Lord Jesus, she's she's uh, um, tries to be a testimony in a very difficult spot. She's fairly well taken care of, but sometimes the people she lives with, the other five women in the room, are kind of difficult to to um, to handle. So she always appreciates people's prayers and and. Uh, if you prayed for her even once a week, she'd really appreciate it. Uh, Romans
1: eight fourteen. We we'll be in for her.
3: Be sure will be in prayer for her, and let her know that uh, we are praying for her in season and out, and that we love her, we miss her, and let her know that uh, uh, we're with her in spirit. So we appreciate you doing that.
4: Well, if somebody would would contact her, besides, well, I guess you can't do that, but but uh, Rick. Rick does the best he can keeping in touch with us. Appreciate that. Romans Amen. eight fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh while you were talking I was thinking and you mentioned also the uh, the the uh, oh dear me, the Roman uh, outfit, you know, the,
3: the armor.
4: The, the armor of God. Compare yes. Romans eight fourteen, the the uh, sins of the body as against having the armor of God.
3: Uh-huh. Okay, so you, uh, you said Romans read, 8.
4: Romans eight fourteen 14, and, and maybe discuss that a little bit more.
3: Okay. So Romans 8 and 14. Uh, I'm looking at Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, and it says in Romans 8 and 14, uh, For as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god is that what you're referring to
4: yes but if the if part
3: mm-hmm. okay uh
4: i think i got it right
3: yeah i don't see uh the if part here i said in romans 8 and 14 it says for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god are you referring to another scripture
4: I I don't think so. I I just wrote down what what you were talking about, and I've got the Bible over there. But it says if we are led by the by by sin, uh, we are we are condemned by um, by the the sins of the flesh. Is the bottom line on that? I thought it was in that chapter in that verse.
1: The sins. Oh, of oh the yeah, flesh. You,
3: they, they have we have in Romans eight and three. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, for and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh.
4: Well, but the flesh is our five senses, isn't it? We're it, completely... The uh, flesh...
3: Yeah, go ahead. Uh-huh.
4: We, we're completely controlled in our sinful state by our flesh by by uh, by our senses, but when we have the Lord Jesus in our hearts, we have God's armor
3: well what the the thing that brings uh, uh, that's true because it's the breastplate of righteousness when we uh, have him in our hearts. Um, but the the key thing here is uh, when you look at Galatians, you might want to do a, a study of Galatians. Uh, chapter 5 uh, and 6 yeah. because there it gives you a lot of clarity on what you're talking about because it says in Galatians chapter 5 it gets in in, in Galatians chapter 5 uh, let me uh, go to that real quick here and just kind of like uh, break that down uh, for you uh, here to kind of give you a little more clarity on what you're talking about um, because in Galatians chapter 5, you you have in verse 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts after the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. So what Paul is saying here is re- relative to what you're talking about, um, and the armor enhances that. It enhances us having more power to fight against the enemy. But the key to overcoming the flesh, because in Romans chapter 7, Paul is talking about the struggle of the carnal nature. Uh, I I know when I first met Gary, this was like a real revelation to him, because Gary had never heard this before, and I have him to say something on that a little bit. But Gary was having struggles. He was brought up in the Catholic Church, and that didn't have anybody to disciple him. And he was having struggles with the flesh and didn't understand what what the victory was to overcome the flesh. And so when I started talking to him about, <clears throat> you know, excuse me, being filled with the spirit and the armor of God, the combination of those two, uh, it, it was a revelation for Gary because he never had heard that before. He had these struggles. But so in Romans chapter seven, Paul talks about the struggle of the flesh and uh, the uh, every time I try to do good evil is present with me thing I hate that's what I do and then but if you stay in Romans chapter 7 it's just like the battle of the flesh but when you get into Romans chapter 8 he talks about uh, he talks about over and over the power of the spirit the spirit gives you power uh, to be empowered over the flesh so that's why uh Galatians 5, 16 uh, through uh, 21, talks about the works of the flesh, the struggle of the flesh, and then when you get to verse 22 uh, of, of Galatians 5, it talks about, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control, uh, against such there is no law. And so, And then he says in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So we can make the choice to either, Paul's challenge is this, we can either walk in the flesh or we can walk in the Spirit. The thing that helps us to walk more in the Spirit is being filled with the armor of God, have the full armor of God on, because what it does is, it guards us against Satan's attacks because he wants to attack the mind. The helmet of salvation guards the mind. He wants to protect, attack the heart. The breastplate of righteousness protects the heart. And then all the other pieces have its place. So, uh, you know, your point is relative to all of these points that I'm making here, that if we're going to walk in victory, we got to walk in the spirit, and we got to walk every day in the armor. One other thing I want to say before I uh, close on this, and then I'll have Gary to say something too, is that when you look at uh, Galatians, uh, the whole chapter of Galatians, it's a, a a book regarding the Christian walk. So chapter one gets into the Christian walk, and it goes all the way through, and then it ends with walking in chapter 6 in the in the armor so and walking in the spirit and in the armor so the the book of galatians is about the christian walk and paul is challenging the galatian christians this is how you walk in victory you got to finally walk in the spirit and walk in the armor of god Gary you want to add to that well
2: i was going to say that you know when i came to christ i was still in the catholic church and you know, growing up in Catholic school, second grade through high school, you hear a lot of things. And I do have to give credit where credit is due. The Catholic Church, you know, introduced me to to God, you know, and in, in, in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity was was represented there and, and I understood I had an understanding of God, but I just had no personal relationship with him. And once I got older, became a young adult and got to that place where I was going to run my life the way i wanted to run it basically ran it into the ground and you know looking up from um the ground realizing you know what only god can fix this mess i'm in and i remember um thinking i got to get over to the church and and but god met me just like he was he was looking for that prodigal he ran to me i didn't have to go anywhere he he, he uh, saved me on the spot. It was an, a, an amazing time. But so still attending Catholic Church and not getting that discipling that normally you would get uh, if you were in a more Christian setting. And, you know, I was struggling because I was going to church every, going to mass every day, had a New Testament, was reading God's word, you know, really um, just all in, you know but still struggling, still having thoughts, still, still, you know, dealing with um, attitudes and issues and things. And I remember talking to Dr. Buckner about it at that time. He was having Bible studies at a community center. He pointed me to Romans 7, and that was very much a life changer because it explained that struggle that we have uh, with our old nature, and it just doesn't go away uh, once you get saved. It's still trying to influence you and, and war against uh, what God would have you to do. So, you know, I can't say enough about good discipleship, and I think that's a an issue within our churches today, that men and women and young people are not being discipled in the Word properly. And so they're falling prey to every wind and doctrine, every false teaching that comes by, and secular humanism is, it's, is rampant. So there's we need, uh, you know, the church needs to step up its game. We need to really uh, train people so that they can uh, give reasons and answers for their faith that they can come up and uh, stand firm in their faith well that's all I have to say about
3: it. Well thank you Brother Gary it's good stuff. Uh, Sally hopefully some of the stuff we said hel- uh, helped you out to contribute because the five senses is related to the flesh and so but the, bi- the big issue is not the five senses it's the five senses being dominated by the Holy Spirit that's the issue so hopefully some of the things we've said uh, has helped out. We kind of gave you like a little, uh, you know, mini Bible study.
4: <laughs> well, we all need it. Uh, verse 13, I, my eyes aren't that great. Uh, the deeds of the body was what I was, uh, we don't hear much about just the pull that the body has on us if we don't have God's spirit nor our hearts.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. We, we hear that music, but yes. The, the deeds of, of the flesh will take over if we're not dominated by the spirit of God. That's All it. right.
2: Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast and we'd like to thank you, our listening audience and our engineer events for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how the program has blessed you. Please keep it in your prayers until next time. When we once again, give you the opportunity to ask questions and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind—to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. of Gary Bell, may God richly bless you.